Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to the Own Your Genius podcast, where we discuss building businesses, growing brands, and owning your genius. I'm your host, brand attorney, LaConya Murray. Today, I have a little legal tea for you to sip on. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, the legal tea is when we use pop culture and world events to explain complex legal matters. We have a good one for you today, so let's get started. COVID-19 is affecting every aspect of our lives. With the entire country practicing social distancing, individual states enforcing curfews and enacting lockdowns, we're all trying to figure out what our new normal is while maintaining some aspect of our old lives. Teaching kids from our homes so they know how to read, write, and add when all this is over. Attending virtual happy hours to stay connected with our loved ones. And streaming church from our living rooms to keep our spirits up and stay connected with God. For the latter, we're seeing churches, both big and small, connecting with audiences throughout the world using Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram to stream the worship service. And we're going to stay here. Let's just stay here for a minute, right? Worship. So growing up, worship service included praying, testimonies, and praising God. And you also attended church for these things. You attended a physical building to do these things. Now I'm going to let you end on a little secret. Y'all ready? Listen kind of come in y'all got a promise that y'all not gonna tell anybody else when I was a kid I was in the choir now I can't sing a lick like at all like not even a little bit like it was so bad that I had an uncle we were like at Thanksgiving and my uncle has a beautiful voice and he was just singing and you know going around the table because I have you know my aunts and my cousins they can sing he gets to me and I'm like yeah no I can't sing he's like no that's not true you're a Bergen all Bergens can sing and I was like nope it it skipped me and then yeah well anyway anyway so when I was in the choir at, at offering time, we used to sing the same song over and over again. It was called Stir Up the Gift by the Colorado Mass Choir. Well, my young observant self thought the words were shut up and give. So as people were standing up and coming around and giving their tithes and offering, I'm just singing, shut up and give, shut up and give. And then <laughs> I remember voicing my concern to my aunt, my auntie teen, um, about the overly aggressive lyrics of the song and she just bust out laughing at me um, after hearing my version of the song because yeah those aren't the lyrics at all the lyrics are stir up the gift I was totally off on that one anywho growing up it was so common for uh, churches to sing popular gospel songs well with the shift in our new normal an incubator student inquired how churches today were able to sing popular songs without violating the copyrights of the artists and artists and producers. Excellent question. I love when, when students learn and they inquire and it makes them kind of see the world in a different light. That means I'm doing something right. So, to answer that question, we're going to start off the bottom and we're going to work our way up to the top. The bottom being what copyrights are and the top being answering the question. Copyrights protect original work that are in a fixed, tangible form. And in this case, music, you know, each song contains multiple layers of of copyrights. You have lyrics, you have the musical composure, and you have performance. Now, the copyright owners, the owners of this copyright, they have the exclusive right to do six things. And those six things are reproduce and make copies of the original work, Prepare derivative works based on the original work. Distribute copies to the public by sale or other forms of transfer, such as rental or lending. 
publicly perform the work, publicly display the work, and to perform sound recordings publicly through digital audio transmission. Those are the six rights they have as copyright owners. Now, because they have those rights, that means they also have the right to exclude other people from exercising those rights afforded to them through the copyright protection. Meaning that because they have the right to do those six things, now they have the right to tell other people that they can't do those six things with their work. And but here's the thing, as with most everything in life, there are some exceptions. And one of those exceptions is the Religious Service Exemption Act. The Religious Service Exemption Act states that performance of a non-dramatic literary or musical work or of a dramatical musical work of a religious nature or a display of work in the course of services at a place of worship or other religious assembly is exempt from copyright laws. Or, or should I say in English, this means that churches can't perform songs during worship. Cool, right? Cool. That's how, that's the answer to the question. How are artists, how are these churches able to perform popular songs during worship? There's an exemption for that. Here's the thing, though. Although the Religious Service Exemption Act allows churches to perform these songs, there are some serious limitations. Remember, the exemption only allows for them to perform and display. Those are the only two rights that are exempt out of those six. The act does not provide the exemption of the remaining rights. That means that the church still cannot reproduce and make copies of the work, prepare derivatives of the work based on the original work, distribute copies to the public, perform sound recordings publicly through the digital audio transmission. There are four things that they're still not able to do because the copyright holder owns and has the right to exclude others from doing it. Through technology, churches are not only performing songs during worship, they're also doing things like displaying the lyrics on screens and they're streaming their performances to audience throughout the world, both which fall outside of the Religious Service Act exemption. And that's where that's that's where they fall in and getting in trouble. So the exemption allows them to perform it, but now they're going and doing things outside of the exemption because they don't really understand. They just think, "Oh, I'm a church," and so copyrights don't apply to me. That's not the case. Here are three important aspects of the exemption that you must know. First of all, the exemption only applies to the religious service. Fundraisers, concerts, social or entertainment purposes are not included. When I was coming up, we would do those things. We would have fundraisers and concerts to raise money for the church and the choir would come and sing. But when the choir shows up to sing, we cannot sing these popular songs because they're not part of the religious service. They're actually an outside thing. So in these situations, we would be violating copyright, um, the copyright holders' um, copyrights. So that's the first thing that we need to know is that this exemption only applies to the religious service itself. The second thing you have to know about it is that the exemption only applies to traditional in-person service. When this law was enacted, nobody was talking about streaming and displaying lyrics. They're talking about in-person service, the way that we used to attend church by showing up and seeing people and shaking hands and singing together and congregating together. That's what this exemption applies to. It only applies to traditional in-person service, meaning that the streaming of the performance is not included and neither is 
recording the the in-person service you know so you say oh i'm not streaming it i'm just going to record it and then i'm going to give it away i'm going to sell it i want to do you know put it put it up on youtube i'm not streaming it live i'm just recording it for playback later but guess what that neither one of those things are included in the exemption and both of them constitute copyright infringement third and final thing i want you to know is that displaying the lyrics of the song so that the congregation can sing along it's not part of the exemption you guys yes the exemption does read display of work in the course of service at a place of worship of other religious assembly however keep this in mind before you can display the lyrics you're going to have to copy them you're going to have to copy them into some sort of powerpoint or other software and copying and reproducing is a right that's not included in the exemption this also means that you cannot get around the displaying of the lyrics by including the lyrics in the church program rather than displaying them on a projector. Like, that's not going to work either. Like, you just can't copy the lyrics. People are just going to have to, you know, do what we used to do in the old days and just make up their own lyrics or hum along or just, you know, sing the wrong ones. You know, that's what we used to do. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. These, re- um, these restrictions... All the reason, and I believe we've been seeing an increase of churches writing their own songs. And that's because of these restrictions. They want to be able to perform their own music without any of these restrictions and worrying about infringing on someone's copyright. But if your church is not writing their own music and they still want to perform and display the work of others, they're going to need a license. So all is not lost. It's not like they can't do it at all. It's just that they're going to need to go through a little bit more paperwork in order to get it done. They're going to have to get a license and they can contact just like BMI or Christian Copyright Licensing or Christian Copyright Solutions for more information about obtaining licenses for their church. And some of these places, they base the license depending on your church attendance. So if you have a small congregation, your license fee would be smaller. And the more people you have, the more expensive the license is. And one other thing, I'll, and I'll just slow down a minute. So I know that I'm saying licensing, but some people might not know what a license is. So when I'm referring to licensing, I'm referring to the permission, like the copyright owner is giving you permission to use their work in a certain way. And I say a certain way because those licenses, each, each license is different and you need to read it and see what permissions you have. For instance, you, you might get a license to display the works, the lyrics on the projector, but that might not include allowing you to stream those lyrics that you projected, you know, on platforms. That might just be in-house, in-person, and you need to read it and understand what you're doing to make sure that you're not infringing um, or breaching that license or in, infringing on someone's copyright. Now, if you're in the mindset of, oh, I'm a little church, you know, who's going to know? First of all, thou shalt not steal, which is what copyright infringement is. Second of all, churches are not exempt from lawsuits. I want you to go to the website to check out a few. I'm going to leave a link to a few church copyright infringement lawsuits so you'll know that this is nothing to play with. Let's keep this conversation going, y'all. Are you attending church online? If so, head over to laconiamurray.com slash blog to share the link. Someone might be looking for a church home. I'm going to share mine there as well. And keep in mind that nothing that we discussed today is legal advice. If you have questions or you want to know how this all applies to you and your church, contact my office to schedule a consultation. Until next time, keep building your business, growing your brand, and owning your genius.